right. So uh, I have a I have a weekly conversation with people, like, and I'm I'm not lying when I say this. Probably every week, I'll have a conversation with somebody. It's not necessarily the same person every time. And and they're they're coming to me and they're saying, you know, oh, pastor, I'm telling you, it my life right now, I'm just struggling. And it, it depends on who they are. It depends on where they're struggling. But they're struggling. They're having a difficult time of it. They're um, just really wrestling, whether it's with God or with family or work or health or, or whatever it is. And as I talk with them about it, it's interesting to note how many times that goes back, the root of it goes back to something in their past. Uh, a past sin, a past, just made a poor decision, you know, it wasn't necessarily sin, it was just not really wise or an uncontrollable circumstance that they just can't seem to forget. They just can't seem to just lay that at the feet of God and just say, God, you handle it. And, and the sad thing with that is they're, they're not only just struggling at that moment, but they're, they're struggling in their relationship with God because of it. Oftentimes that leads to them struggling in their relationships, and they're not enjoying the, the life that God has for them, and they're not really being as effective in seeing people come to Christ through their life because they're struggling to represent Christ because of what's going on in their lives. And I don't know, maybe you never have experienced that. You know, maybe you look back in your life and it's been a bed of roses and you have no regrets, you have no um, issues from the past that sometimes come up in your mind and your heart kind of just frustrate you or cause your emotions to get all riled up. Um, but I think we all have those experiences. And, and some of us have been able to kind of put those to the side and, and we're good to go, we're moving forward. But for others, they can't. And that's what this series is going to be about. Hindsight 2020. We, we've got um, three things that we're going to shoot for over the next three weeks. Ooh, there. Can you see them? I was trying to be cool. You guys can't see because my fat head's in the way. But, um, or, the, or the shine from my halo. Um, but we're going to do, we're going to do three things this, in the next three weeks. Today and the next two weeks. First, we're going to look at God's response to your sin. In my sin. But I'm, I'm really trying to make this... I want you guys, as you're sitting here listening to this, I want you guys to really own it. Okay? So normally I would, I would say things like we, us. Um, I mean, you guys get it. All of us are sinners, right? So I, I'm going to be probably saying you more often or your more, more often. Just hopefully you guys can own it. I'm really excited about this series. It's really kind of funny because between this... And what the ladies are doing on Thursday nights in their small group, um, choosing forgiveness, and, and just some other stuff that's been going on. It's like, this is like perfect timing for this message. So we're going to look at God's response to your sin and the freedom that he's won for you, okay? And then we're going to talk about next week how to experience ongoing freedom from regrets. Because uh, our flesh doesn't want to have God in control. Our, we want, it's amazing. If you sit down and you kind of think about yourself, um, 
which I know many of you guys have a hard time just thinking about yourself because you're so others-focused. Um, that's a joke. Go easy. You know, we, we don't really realize how self-focused we are at times. It's amazing. Um, you know, so uh, we're going to have these... I, I've got stuff from my past that I've even thought I've dealt with. But then I'll, something will happen, and I'll, I'll be brought back to that circumstance. I'll be brought back to the emotions of that circumstance. I'll be brought back to the decisions that led up to that circumstance or that decision or whatever it is. And I'm, it's like my flesh is pulling me back to go down a road that I don't need to go down anymore. It's blocked off. I don't need to climb over the barrier. And so we need to have a game plan. We need to know how to have ongoing victory in that because our flesh is strong and it wants to take over. But we need to keep giving it back to God. And then third, how, how God will grow you and draw others to Him through you. You guys, we all have a, we all have a unique story. And all the baggage, to say it nicely, which there's other words that people use for what's going on in their past, but let's just call it baggage. All the baggage we carry with us from our past, God wants to take that and use it for His good, for our growth, for other people's growth. Like, for instance, and again, we'll talk about this in a couple weeks, but um, there are things that you guys have gone through that if you sat down and talked to somebody about that, you'd be more effective in, in getting their eyes turned to Christ than I would ever because I don't have those experiences. On the other hand, I can sit with other people that you couldn't sit with because our past experiences, our shared experience with those individuals. And so God, your past, um, your past is not useless. Your past has value. Even if it's the worst experience, you, just think of the worst experience you could think of even if it's that, it has value to God if you let Him use it. So we want to talk about these things the next three weeks. So today we're going to look at who God is and the freedom He's won for us in Christ. We're going to go to the Old Testament. Uh, we're going to be in Psalms 103. It's page 612 if you're using the Bible there in the chair around you. Uh, page 612, Psalm 103. You guys know uh, if you've been attending here any length of time or if you've met with me for kind of counseling through issues, helping me give you do life coaching, as I would call it. Um, I love the Psalms because the Psalms um, speak that soul-level uh, emotion and pain that humans have. I love the fact that God didn't just give us a, pay, a book full of bullet points. Here's God. I'm this, 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 this. And here's my will. This, 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 this. And then left to, left to go. He, he's given us history. He's given us prophecy. He's given us poetry. He's given us wisdom literature. He's given us doctrinal books. He's, he's given us prophecy. You know, he's given us all sorts of ways to reveal himself and who he is. And in those books, you know, think of Job, which we're, we're looking at doing a series through Job at some point uh, in the future here. Uh, you look at the Psalms. Here are human beings inspired by God's Holy Spirit, to share the guttural frustrations at times that we all as humans have. And they, God put it into the Bible so that we could then read it and pray unto God. So we have a place to go with our pain. We have a place to go with our emotion. We have a place to go for those things that cause us the greatest um, issues. So Psalm 103, we're going to start in verse 6, go through 14. 
Uh, David is, uh, King David wrote this, and, um, and so he's telling basically Israel, hey, here's who God is. In relationship to you, here's who God is. And again, there's more verses in this, but we're just going to go 6 through 14. He says this, The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. We love that, right? He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive or wrestle with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His loving kindness toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as He removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. For He Himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. Now, don't go to the next screen just yet. Here's what I want to do. I want to reread this. And as you're reading along with me, you don't have to read it out loud, but as you're reading it in your mind, I've replaced certain words with the personal pronoun, me or my. Because here's one of the cool things about the Psalms. We can take the Psalms and we can make them our prayer. And I would encourage you, if you're a person who's having difficulty connecting with God on the emotional level and on a relationship, and you're really having a hard time, how do you do that with you know, God? You, don't, you can't see God. Take the Psalms and literally make it yours. It will revolutionize how you view God, how you view your relationship with Him. I mean, when I started doing this for myself, Man, it was just it was so powerful to be able to pray this in these psalms, 150 of them. Um, so it covers a lot of stuff, you know. To be able to pray that back to God it was just so it just it was so like you know take the weight off my chest type of situation. So let me just read this. And so this is what I would do if this was me, and, and I do this a lot. This is what I do with the psalms. It says this. I get a magic. See, there's nobody working that computer. Duck down, duck down. There. Yeah, nobody's working that computer. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for me. So now you're, you're sitting down there, you're reading it, and you're saying, for me. You, get, you see where I'm going with that? Okay. You're not all going, yeah, just for Harold. You know, that's that. He made his ways known to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive or wrestle with me, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has dealt with me, or not dealt with me, according to my sins, nor rewarded me according to my iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward me. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed my transgressions from me. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on me. For he himself knows my frame. He's mindful that I am but dust. I mean, doesn't it just change it? Okay, it does for me. You guys are like, what? I'm sorry, Harold. You just read that, didn't you? Yeah, I know. I didn't know. So here's the first thing. If we want to have freedom from our regrets, 
We need to get our minds fully focused on who God is and get our eyes and thoughts off of ourselves. And that's what David is trying to help Israel do and what God wants for us to understand from this passage. And so the first thing is this. God wants to free you. He wants to free you. He wants to free you. God's not up there in heaven looking for ways to make your life miserable or looking to find ways of holding something back. He's looking for us to turn to Him and worship Him, as we talked about. In other words, do life His way. God's in the, in the business of freeing people who are oppressed. Oppressed physically, oppressed spiritually, emotionally, mentally. God is in the business of freeing people. How do I know that? He just told me that. Now, he uses the illustration of Moses and Israel. Well, we all, we all get that, right? We all, whether you've been in church for a long time or not, you understand, right, that Israel were slaves in Egypt for a long, long time, hundreds of years. They were slaves in Egypt. And God heard their cry, their desire to be freed. And so God said, I'm going to free you. Moses, help me do that. I'm going to work through you. And he freed Israel with incredible, you know, cool things that he did. And I mean, not for the Egyptians, of course, but for Israel. You know, really cool things. Watching God fight for them. Watching God release them from those things. God went to battle for those who are oppressed. God went to battle for Israel who was oppressed. God went to battle and won our oppression to sin. Both sin's um, earthly power over us and more so and, and greater is the fact that we have freedom from sin's eternal consequences. Jesus Christ, when He died on the cross, went to battle for us and He won. Whatever your sin has been up to this point, whatever it is, whatever your sin is today, whatever your sin is in the future, Jesus Christ defeated that and has freed you from that. Israel had a problem. Israel kept on looking back. They were free. They were moving towards the promised land. Kind of like us, we're moving towards the promised land, heaven, right? And so they were moving towards, but what did they, as soon as life got difficult, what did they do? They, they started looking back at how it was in Egypt, and boy, it would be great to go back to Egypt. You want to go back to oppression? It doesn't make any sense. That's what we say, right, when we read it. But when we start looking back, no matter how bad the past was, and we start looking back, and we start elevating that higher than what God says, and we start being more emotionally tied into that than tied into God, we're doing what Israel did. And so we need, to, we need to leave that in the past. And again, we're going to be talking about what that looks like in the coming weeks. Because Israel missed the intimacy with God. They missed the blessings of God because they forgot the promises of God. And we're in danger of doing the same thing. 
So God desires to free us. He wants to free us. Why? Because he's compassionate. Um, so he wants to free us. Point two, he's compassionate. Uh, verses 9 through 14 tell us all about his compassion, but he's compassionate. That, that word means pity that fuels action or motivates someone's action. So God doesn't just look there and go, oh, poor people. No, he goes, oh my word, those people are helpless. They're hopeless. I need to do something for them. Because we are. We're hopeless. Left to ourselves, we're hopeless. We're helpless. We've got nothing. Okay? And God says, I need to do something. And so he's, he's compassionate. He's gracious. It means that he, he stoops down. In other words, he gives us what we don't deserve. He gets to our level. It's kind of like a, a hurting child. You know, a, a, an adult who really wants to care for that child doesn't stand over the child, stoops down to their level. And so he's gracious. He stoops to our level. And then with that, he doesn't give us what we deserve. Okay? Or gives us what we don't deserve. My, my bad. He's slow to anger. He suffers long is another way of putting it literally. He's not quick-tempered. This actually, when you study this word out, it talks about that um, when people are angry, you know, their, their nostrils flare. It literally means anger is flared nostrils, okay, in, in Hebrew. So he doesn't have flared nostrils at us. God's not quick-tempered. He's patient with us. And he's abounding in loving kindness. That word really is mercy. He's overflowing with mercy. It's, it's not getting what we deserve. So, and again, we're kind of familiar, right? Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. That's God in relationship to us. And so when we look at God, we need to re remember and remind ourselves and to push back the thoughts that he's not compassionate. Push back the thoughts... That, he's, uh, that he is quick-tempered. Push back the thoughts that he's impatient with it. We've got to push those back, those feelings, those wrong thoughts with the truth of God's Word. And we need to jump back to Psalm 103 and say, no, my God is compassionate. My God is gracious. My God is slow to anger. My God is abounding in loving kindness. And not to just continue to sit there, but based on that, then to be motivated in our own lives to then move on and do what it is that God's called us to do. So God frees us because He's compassionate. He shows that by forgiving us. His pity fuels or motivates his, the action of forgiveness. And so it says this, He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His loving kindness toward those who fear Him. As far as the east from the west, so far has He removed our transgression from us. It's like God is saying over and over and over, I've forgiven you. I forgive you. I forgive you. He's just telling us in a bunch of different ways, illustrating in a bunch of different ways, whatever your past is, whatever that regret is that you can't let go of, God's saying, I've let go of it. I, I've forgiven you. He won't strive with us. He's not gonna. He's not gonna constantly bring it back to us. Listen. The only. The only time. Um, 
where we've confessed sin and we've repented. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But once we've confessed our sin and we've repented of it, it means we've turned away from it and turned away from the decisions that led us to it and turned away from the sin itself. God never brings that up again. So if it comes back up in our minds, that must be us doing it. And it is us doing it. Because sometimes someone would say, I just can't forgive myself. Okay, I get the feeling that you can't forgive yourself. I've been there. I get that. But who are we to say to God, no, you're wrong. You've forgiven me, but you're wrong. I, you know, I don't want to have that conversation with God. I want to ask Him to forgive me for thinking that. <laughs> and so, He doesn't bring it back up. He doesn't hold grudges. He doesn't tap us on His shoulder. Yeah, you remember when? Why? Well, for one, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. How, when, you, when you lay there at night, if you've ever done this and you've looked up into the, into the sky, or if you've ever gone on Google and looked at all the different star constellations and stuff, how far is the sky, is the heavens above us? Infinitely, right? They're sending spaceships, you know, or satellites, whatever you want to call them. They're sending those out and they just keep on going. And his point is, my mercy, my desire to not give you what you deserve, which is an eternity in hell, God's saying, my desire for, for you to not experience that is infinite. Wow. That's awesome. Then he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as I've, I've removed your transgressions. Another big word for sins. You transgressed against me. That's what you need to say to somebody who's hurt you. You transgressed against me. And you have to have that voice too, by the way. It, just, um, it works better. Um, as far as the east is from the west, so let's think about that. So if I travel east, if I could do that, if I could just get up on a, in an airplane, let's say that it has unlimited fuel, and I continue to go east, and I keep going east, I never ever go west. Or if I do, if I do that going west, I keep going west and I never go east. Right? Just keep on going around. We're going around. Just another way of God saying, infinite, I've removed your transgressions. Infinitely so. Here's the deal with forgiveness. For, forgiveness, you know, people say, well, forgive and forget. No, you can't forgive and forget. You can forgive, but you can't forget. God can't forget. He knows everything, remembers everything. So to forgive means to, to uh, choose to not use it against somebody. So when God forgives our sin, He's choosing to not use it against us anymore. In other words, He's not going to bring it up. Don't get me wrong. God hates sin. And we need to make sure we confess sin. He hates it so much because one, He's holy. He's without sin. He can't have sin in His presence. And He wants us to be in His presence. But He also hates sin because of the destruction that it does in our lives. 
And if we don't turn to Christ for salvation, it will destroy us for eternity. And he hates that. But when we accept his gift of salvation, then that's when he removes the sin. That's when he forgives and chooses not to use it against us. So God's motivated to forgive. He's not just compassionate. The last thing is, He's a compassionate Father. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. By the way, that's the second time fear Him has been used, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. For He Himself knows our frame, and He is mindful that we are but dust. So, He's not... He's compassionate, okay? But he illustrates it as he's, he's a compassionate father, but he's, so he's generally compassionate, and he's hoping that people will turn to him because he's compassionate. But he's a compassionate father for those who fear him. He releases those who are oppressed who fear him, and he's a compassionate father to those who fear him. The word fear, you know, we think, ah, you know, scared. It has a little bit of that to it because if we really were in the presence of God, um, in the sense of they were in the Old Testament, um, it would just be shocking, okay? When Jesus was glorified, it was shocking to the disciples. Um, you know, so in the presence of God, it's, it's a shocking thing. We should probably be a little bit more fearful. But it also has the idea of reverence, has the idea of respect. Um, it has, has the idea of um, saying, okay, I get it. Um, your way of doing life is better than my way of doing life. It really has this idea of worship where we bow down before him and saying, I, ha- I am not worthy. I don't know how to do life. I can't save myself. And, and we let him take over. And so when we do that, we become a child of God. And he's our father. And he's compassionate, again. uses that word a second time. Why? Because he knows our frame. You know, Psalm 139. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, but he also knows that we are created. We're not God, and we're sinful. We are born sinful, and we continue to sin. And he gets that. He understands that. Listen, whatever our past has been, whatever choices we've made, whatever choices were made on our behalf that hurt us, All that stuff. God knows that. But He never responded. He only responded according to who He was or is and not who we were or are. He always responds according. He doesn't deal with us according to our sin. He deals with us according to who He is. Who is He? Compassionate, gracious, slow to anger. Bounding and loving kindness. We're we're dust. We have no value. In and of ourselves, we have no value. The only reason we have value is because God says we have value. The reason why we know we have value is because God put on flesh and died for us. That kind of value. And again, no matter what the past has been, what you've done in your past was in Jesus' future. You want to put it this way, and He still died for you knowing what you were going to do. Knowing what was going to happen to you. And He still died. Why? Because He's compassionate. 
He's loving. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to... Because of who He is. Not because of who we are. We are weak and we're dust in and of ourselves. And God knows that. And God responds to us because of who He is and what our need is. So how do we then respond to what God has done for us? So every week we do what we call takeaways. And so God, here, you know, we just talked about God's response to our sin. So what's, what's our response to God and what He has done for us? There's really only two responses, at least that I can think of. And the first one is to pray to receive God's freedom. This is a one-time ask God to forgive you of your sin and to adopt you into His family as His child, to place His Holy Spirit in you so you become a child of God for all of eternity. It's a one-time thing. It, you know, We're born physically one time, right? No one, I hope, has ever tried to go get born physically again. And your mother, if you tried, would be, you know, stay away, right? My mom would have just slapped me. She would just, if I, hey, mom, could, boom, you know. Listen, when, when we were growing up, we didn't mess with my mom. I remember the first, we were sitting around a, around a table. I got four older brothers. So my dad, four older brothers, me, and my mom. And my brothers, uh, we were all weightlifters and construction and all that kind of stuff. So we, were, we thought we were cool anyways. So we... We're sitting around a table, and I remember, you know, one of my brothers, I think, flexed or something like that, just, you know, goofing around. And then my mom busted out the guns. She goes, boom! And we're all like, whoa! You know, wow, two big muscles, you know. So we're like, man, we're so glad. And now we know where that, when we got spanked, where that power came from. Because my mom was, I was in junior high, and my mom was still needing, um, bread and Norwegian buns by hand, you know. She was also, by the way, wringing out clothes and hanging them on the line in the backyard, all right. Um, so that's, that's how tough my mom was. I'm not even sure how we got on that. But anyways, I, I move on. Oh, trying to be reborn physically. Yeah, sorry. I'll get back. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, we wouldn't do that, right? And so when it comes to spiritual birth, spiritual birth happens one time. Okay? If you're, if, you know, if you're genuine and you're asking God to forgive you of your sins. And so for some of you here, I don't know everybody. I don't know where, where you are with, with God. I don't know what you've been doing and trying to establish a relationship with Him. But what we understand from, from Scripture, in John, uh, 1 John 1, nine says that... Oh, it's there. If we can, I was looking down here. I'm like, did we change if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So again, here we go. This, this just kind of was hitting me this week as I was studying this. Why does, if we confess our sins, why does He forgive us? Because He is faithful and righteous. You know? Again, it has nothing to do with us. And so what He's saying is, if we confess our sins, confess has this idea that we, we admit or agree with God that what we've done is wrong. And it also has this idea of repent in it. Meaning, yes, God, I know what I've done is wrong, and because I know it's wrong, I'm not going to do it again. Okay? And so that has a re- repentance. Repentance means to turn 180 degrees. And so, whether it's the sin that you're asking for forgiveness for, as well as the, the decisions leading up to that sin, you know, whatever it is that's brought you to that point. But if you've never accepted 
Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the first step. That's your first takeaway. And it's simply to confess, and in other words, agree with God that you sinned, to say, I, I'm not going to, with your help, I am not going to go down that road again. And then you're going to have to learn what that looks like and how God's going to help you. And we're going to talk about that next week. Why? Because He forgives and cleanses. Not because of you, not because of me, but because of who He is. Because He's faithful. He's righteous. And He wants to do that. If you've got notes there, I've put a, a prayer in there that you can pray. That if you need to confirm that relationship with God, if, you don't, if you're confused, you're not sure, then make today, 1-5-2020, start the year out knowing for sure that you've placed your faith in Christ, He's forgiven, of your, forgiven you of your sins, that He's removed them as far as the east from the west, and that He's taken you in to His family, and that you're a child of God. And next week we'll talk about, okay, how do we continue to move in that new relationship? How does that happen? If you need to, to do that, I gave you a little prayer in there that might be able to help you with that. And Sometimes I lead in a prayer, sometimes I don't. Today I'm not going to do that uh, because it's not so much about what I am doing, it's about what God's Spirit's doing in your heart and leading you in that way. You know, if you're here this morning, you what you are, and you have accepted the Lord, you know you need to. Okay, either by me telling you or God's Spirit's telling you. And so I'll leave that between you and Him. But I would love to hear about it. Uh, we've had some people do that. They'll take the notes, go home, they'll read about it, they'll pray, accept the Lord, and they shoot me an email or make a phone call. Hey, just want to let you know I accepted the Lord, uh, which is pretty awesome. The second thing is, is to choose to live God, in God's freedom. Philippians 3, Paul says this, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. What's that? This, this spiritual maturity perfection thing. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward, to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We have to make a conscious choice. If you're a follower of Christ and you're dealing with stuff from your past that you can't seem to forgive yourself for as a phrase that people use or you can't seem to just let it go, you have to make a conscious choice like Paul did, like David does in the Psalms, in spite of what I'm feeling, in spite of what I'm thinking, because feelings and thinking are just that. They're feelings and thoughts. We have to live by the truth of God's Word. And so we make a conscious choice. I'm not going to agree with my thoughts that are wrong and my feelings that are in the wrong spot. I'm going to press on towards Christ. I'm going to pursue Christ and His promises and His truth. And when the battle begins, which we're going to talk more next week about, when the battle begins, there is a way to do that. And there's really only one way to do it. And it's the way Jesus showed us in Matthew 4. When Satan came to tempt him, Jesus didn't say, la, 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 I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to listen, la, 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 la. <laughs> what did he do? He used Scripture. Yeah, somebody said, scripture? Yeah. yeah. He used Scripture. The Bible. Verses. So we're going to talk about that next week. We, we've got to take God's truth and battle back. It's our, it's, you know, he calls it a sword for a reason. You know? 
And so we need to be able to do that. We have to make a commitment, a choice of the will, to say, I know what I'm thinking, I know what I'm feeling, but I'm going to leave that behind. I'm going to forget that. If it's been confessed, okay, and it's been repented of, and, and if, if there's issues that you need to make right with somebody, you make, right, make that right with somebody, but then you leave it there. And you press on. You move forward. You take God's promises, His truth, and you move forward. We pursue Christ. Again, we fear Him. We worship Him. We say, your way of doing this, attacking this issue, is the right way. My way is not the right way. And that's how we move forward. We're going to close in a song. So the band's going to come back up and appreciate those guys uh, doing that.